Welcome in to episode 23 of the Print First DFS podcast. My name is Justin Ruin. I'm going to be breaking down the week 17 DraftKings main slate. And of course, it's an absolutely loaded main slate with 15 games. So let's get right into it. I'm just going to start with the breakdown of the motivation of each one of the teams uh, going on this slate. So starting with Vikings at Lions, both of these teams have been eliminated. Jets at Patriots, both teams have been eliminated. Steelers at Browns, the Steelers have clinched the, the division. They're likely benching their starters, and the Browns have to win to get in. The Ravens have to win to get in against the Bengals. The Bengals have been eliminated for a while. Falcons at Bucks, the Falcons are eliminated, and the Bucks um, have clinched the playoff berth, but they can't win the NFC South. Um, so they're kind of just playing for seeding in this spot. But, um, you know, Bruce Aarons has said that they are just still going to go full go. Um, Dolphins at Bills. Dolphins have to win to get in. Uh, the Bills have clinched the division and they get a two seed with a Pittsburgh loss. Um, so it's possible Bills could be benching starters. I'm recording this on a Friday night at about 8 p.m. So um, no news on that yet. Cowboys at Giants, uh, both teams need a win plus a Washington loss to get in. Jaguars have been eliminated. The Colts need a win plus a Titans loss, uh, Ravens loss, Browns loss, or a Dolphins loss. So Colts are likely in if they can get a win. Um, they just need a loss from any one of those four teams to get in. Seahawks at Niners. The Seahawks get a first round bye with a Green Bay loss plus a Saints loss. And the Niners have been eliminated. Chargers at Chiefs. Chargers have been out for a while and the Chiefs have clinched a first round bye and are likely benching starters. Titans at Texans. Uh, the Titans win and they are in the playoffs. The Texans have been eliminated. Cardinals at Rams. Both teams win and they are in. The Rams can also get in. Um, if a couple other things happen, but they're going to be looking to win this game. Uh, injury news in that game is that Jared Goff is out, and so is Daryl Henderson. Cam Akers is questionable, probably leaning towards doubtful in this spot. So John Walford will make his first career start in the NFL. Saints at Panthers. The Saints, um, they get a first-round bye with a win plus a Seattle or with a yeah with a win plus a Green Bay loss and a Seattle win uh, where they were going to tiebreaker over both of those teams uh, in the three way tiebreaker, Panthers have been eliminated. Packers versus Bears. The Packers uh, get the first round by in the NFC with a win. Uh, the Bears need to win to get in. Wrapping it up here with the Raiders and Broncos. Both teams have been eliminated. So that is all of the. Uh, motivation on each of these teams here heading into week six or into week 17 uh, on this slate. So starting position by position, I'm going to break down my favorite quarterback plays of the slate. Um, what you can see here on the screen uh, is a, basically it's what I find to be the most important um, things at the quarterback position. And this will kind of go position by position. Um, this is just basically the data sheet that I use to um, 
find my favorite plays uh, at each position. So this has salary, um, projected pace of this game based on situation neutral, whether the home, the team total, um, whether the team leans to the pass to the run. So in early downs in the first half, uh, over the last three weeks, what is this team's pass rate? Um, they're, so the players drafting points per game over the last five, their completion percentage, the completion percentage um, below or above expectation. That is a next-gen stats um, statistic here over the last five weeks, their average depth of target over the last five weeks, the yards per attempt over the last five, and their rushing yards per game over the last five. Uh, and then some matchup stuff, uh, defense yards per attempt, defense points per game, defense DBA, and the pressure rate. Um, so, and then just a projection column here. So my favorite quarterbacks on the slate, uh, the first one is Kirk Cousins. Um, we can see a lot of green here. Now we know that this team and the Minnesota Vikings like to lean on the run when they can. In this spot, Dalvin Cook is out. Uh, you know, taking on Detroit, they have a 30 implied total. Uh, you know, Kirk Cousins has had 17 plus DraftKings points in eight straight games. So he has a really nice floor. Uh, he's averaged 24 DraftKings points per game over his last five. He's been really efficient. Um, you know, he basically gives you like nothing on the ground. He's averaging 19 rushing yards per game over his last five. So really not much on the ground, but he's taking on this, this horrid Detroit defense that allows 8.4 yards per attempt. And you know, 25 DraftKings points per game to opposing quarterbacks in their 32nd DBOA. Uh, he's projecting as the third best value on the slate currently here on Friday night. Uh, he's probably my favorite point per dollar play on the slate. I also really like Baker Mayfield. You know, Baker Mayfield obviously struggled last week not having any of his wide receivers. But, you know, in the spot where they need to win to get in and they're taking on a Steelers defense that's going to be benching their starters – um, I, I think the projection is low, low. He's 5.5 K, uh, you know, at home should be a decently paced game, 26 implied total. Uh, actually over the last three weeks, the Browns have been leaning more towards the air. They've, you know, league average, uh, early down pass rate, uh, over the last three weeks is 54% and the Browns sit at 65%. So they're really actually tilting towards the air more than usual. Um, and Baker Mayfield has been awesome over his last five weeks. He's averaged 23 DraftKings points per game. He's been super efficient, averaging 8.2 yards per attempt. We know he gives us like nothing on the ground again, but, you know, if the Steelers were starting their entire defense in this spot, you know, I'd probably kind of be off of Baker, but at 5.5K in a must-win game versus a bunch of backups on defense, um, yeah, I think that Baker is pretty strong here. I think this projection is a little low. 16.6 seems a bit low. Uh, in my opinion. So another guy I like here is begrudgingly, I kind of like Tua uh, down at 5,100. Um, you know, with, it's just, it's just kind of cheap for a team that needs to win to get in. And the biggest news on this Tua play is Ryan Fitzpatrick has COVID and he is out. So Tua is their guy and he will not be benched in this game. You know, and he too has kind of been up and down. You know, he's not like pushing the ball downfield. He only have a has a six point three average depth of target over his last five games, and he's only averaging six yards per attempt. And he really doesn't give you much on the ground. Only averaging twelve rushing yards per game over the last five. So, you know, it's basically all I can say is he's cheap. It's a must win game. 
we know he's not going to get benched and the bills might be benching some defensive starters. That's about all I got on Tua. Uh, you know, he's only 200 more expensive than John Walford. So, um, you know, we have that at least. Um, if you need to pay up and you have the salary to get there, obviously Aaron Rodgers is an awesome play <laughs> with a 28 implied total. You know, he averages 25 DraftKings points per game over his last five. He's 7,400. Um, you know, in this next-gen stats uh, you know, statistic here, the completion percentage uh, plus or minus um, expectation, I mean, the guy is averaging 7% above um, his expected completion percentage over the last five weeks. I mean, that is just ludicrous. He's averaging 7.8 yards per attempt. Um, again, another guy gives us like nothing on the ground, 13 yards per game. Um, you know, but this, this Chicago defense is kind of starting to fall apart a little bit. Um, you know, they, they've allowed two plus touchdowns in seven of their last eight games. And Rogers has thrown three or more touchdown passes in 11 games this year, um, out of his 15 that he's played. So, I mean, he's just on an absolute tear just an absolute tear. So I, I can see Rodgers is continuing his MVP season uh, in a game where they need to win to get the first round by. And then Lamar Jackson, you know, at 8K, another must-win game. Ravens have to win to get in. We know Lamar loves to run. He's been crushing on the ground. He's averaged 83 rushing yards per game over his last five. That is ludicrous. And he's averaging eight and a half yards per attempt through the air. Uh, he's been pretty efficient through the air. He's averaged 27 DraftKings points per game over his last five. They have a 28 implied total, you know, and taking on Cincinnati is just a putrid-ass defense. And, um, you know, Lamar, his floor is so solid. He's had 20-plus DraftKings points in four straight games. He's had over – he's had 50-plus rushing yards in eight of his last nine. I mean, he, he's really just um, really nice on the floor and uh, – has a, a nice floor and, and also a decent ceiling here if you can get into the box for rushing as well. So that's kind of everything I like at quarterback. Kirk Cousins, uh, Baker Mayfield, and Tua if you need to pay down, and then Rodgers and Lamar if you're going to be paying up. Moving over to the running back position. Um, again, what you'll see here on the screen is kind of everything that I use to uh, – to build my running back pool. So I'm going to filter this by, uh, by touches per game over the last five. And we can kind of see the highest volume players here on this slate. So let's start with the big dog, Derrick Henry. So the Titans need to win to get in. Uh, Henry in his last two games versus Houston, he's had 211 yards and 264 yards from scrimmage with five touchdowns. Uh, so yeah. The dude's an absolute smasher. He's at home, or he's not. He's not. He's not at home. He's on the road, but he's in a dome in a in a game that should have a decent pace <clears throat> with a thirty-two implied total, seven and a half point favorites. We know the Titans like to lean on the run. They they run the ball in early on in the first half um, in the last three weeks, fifty-six percent of the time. Uh, you know, league average sits around you know, 46 percent. You know, over his last five weeks, he's averaged 25 DraftKings points per game. He's played 63% of snaps on average. And he's averaged 24.4 touches per game. That just leads the uh, the entire slate. It's not even really close. Um, 
the one thing you can really ding Derrick Henry on uh, is his targets. And, you know, he's only averaged 1.8 targets per game over his last five. So we know he's just not going to get anything at all in the passing game. But, I mean, when you're taking on this defense, I mean, this Houston defense, they are the bottom of the barrel in the NFL. I mean, they allow 5.4 yards per carry um, to opposing running backs against them. They're 30th DVOA, and they allow 33 DraftKings points per game to opposing backfield. So, uh, you know, Henry basically takes every carry in this backfield. So um, at 9,400, yeah, I mean, it's expensive for a running back who doesn't catch the ball. But in spots like this where he's a big favorite, the massive total, uh, his touchdown expectations absolutely through the roof. And, you know, he needs like 220 some odd yards to get to 2K. I think, uh, I think if he gets close in the first half, if he puts up like a buck 50 in the first half, they might just ride him out the rest of the game and get him to the 2000 milestone. So I think the second best running back on the slate uh, is going to be Latavius Murray. And this is because Alvin Kamara uh, tested positive for COVID and he is out. So um, Alvin Kamara hasn't missed any games in 2020, but in two games he missed in 2019, um, Latavius Murray had 32 touches and 30 touches in those two games. Um, in those two games, he had 150 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns. And then he had 157 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns. In those two weeks, he scored 35 DraftKings points and 39.7, he's 5,600. I, I don't see a way that we can viably get away from Latavius Murray taking on this Carolina defense that allows 4.9 yards per carry. You know, they're 21st DBA against the run, and the Saints are have a 27 implied total, and they're six-and-a-half-point favorites. This is just um, – you just play running backs in this spot objectively and uh, and just expect to to make money. So Jonathan Taylor, uh, I think, is another one of the top plays on the slate. We know what kind of elite talent he is uh, coming out of Wisconsin, and now he's really starting to, to turn it on and hit the afterburners here at the back end of the season. And he's in a really prime spot. So – the Colts need to win to get in. Um, they need to win plus, you know, Tennessee, Baltimore, Cleveland, or Miami lost. One of those teams have to lose. I mentioned that at the top. He's at home. Yeah, he's 7,400. Yeah, he's a little expensive. But he's at home against Jacksonville. The Colts have a 31 implied total, 14-point favorites. He's averaged 22 DraftKings points per game over his last five on 58% of snaps. And he's, and he's gotten 19 touches per game over the last five weeks. Um, yeah, only 2.8 targets, so he's kind of like Derrick Henry in that way. But he's averaged 117 yards from scrimmage, you know, over his last five as well. Um, now he's finally starting to get stuff inside the inside the 10. Um, he's averaged 1.5 opportunities, that's carries or targets, uh, inside the 10 per game. Uh, and now he's taking on defense in Jacksonville that has just been shredded the last couple of weeks. On the season, they allow 4.5 yards per attempt. Uh, they allow 30 DraftKings points per game to opposing backfields and they're 22nd DVOA uh, against the run. So Jonathan Taylor, another high-volume elite talent running back in a game where 
the Colts must win. I think that in week 17, having running backs, especially that are going to be on teams that need to win, I think is extremely important because they will lean on them uh, even harder. So, yeah, I mean, at the running back position is Derrick Henry, Latavius Murray, and Jonathan Taylor. And then everything else, in my opinion, is for tournaments. Um, sure, you can go down to Malcolm Brown. I'm not sure on the ceiling on Malcolm Brown uh, if K-Makers is out, just because John Walford is there and, you know, it's kind of caps the ceiling of that entire offense. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that – and Miles Gaskin. I, I think that we can't deny Miles Gaskin either. Uh, at 6,500, he's 900 cheaper than Jonathan Taylor. Again, in a must-win spot, he's probably going to play like 75% of snaps and get 20 touches. And we know he has a stranglehold on the goal line role. So, yeah, I mean, Miles Gaskin's right up there with one of the the top plays on the slate. Um, So, moving over to wide receiver. I think that there's one guy at the very top that we're just going to have to keep playing, and it's Devontae Adams. And yeah, this is just kind of no getting away from this this thing with Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. And these these two just have a connection and they just don't stop coming after it. They just do it every week. He's 9,200. It's a must-win game to get that first round by, which we know they want. Adams has averaged 28 DraftKings points per game over his last five. 10.6 targets per game, a 0.9 weighted opportunity rating, which is a, a combination of uh, air yard market share and target market share. That is a Josh Hermsmeyer statistic. Um, you know, and he's averaged uh, 96 yards per game over his last five, and he averages one end zone target per game. That's just ludicrous. I mean, look at the rest of this guys on the top of the slate. Let's just sort this by salary. Look at the rest of these guys on the top of the slate. End zone targets per game. Um, you know, Calvin Ridley, 1.4. Uh, Adam Thielen, 1.1. Stefan Diggs, 0.6. DeAndre Hopkins, 0.7. Allen Robinson, 0.9. Jefferson, 0.5. Mike Evans, Um, 0.9. Metcalf, 1.1. A.J. Brown, 0.5. Brandon Cook, 0.5. So you can kind of get the gist of this. Um, If you have anything around like 0.9 and higher, uh, end zone targets per game. Yeah. I mean, you're going to be your touchdown expectations through the roof, especially when your implied total is, is over 27 and it currently sits at 28 for the Packers. And, and we know Chicago, I mentioned, uh, when I was talking about Aaron Rodgers, they've been struggling to give up the touchdowns. I mean, they've allowed uh, multiple touchdown passes in seven of the last eight games. So I, I think that, uh, the chances of Devontae Adams getting the box in this spot is extremely, extremely high. I mean, he's had 24, Shout out to Rich Rebar. He's had 24 touchdowns over the last 21 games. That's a Rich Rebar stat. I mean, good God. It's just, it's ludicrous. He's on an absolute torrent of a pace. So I think that on this slate, there's going to be a lot of value at wide receiver. And and one of the biggest ones is Josh Reynolds. So Cooper Cup is on the COVID list. He is out. I mean, this Rams team, yeah, it's a win and end game. John Walford's back there. You know, AAF superstar, but uh, I mean, Josh Reynolds is 3,200. And over the last two weeks, he's ran 32 and 39 routes compared to five and nine. That's uh, courtesy of player profiler. Yeah, I mean, 
Josh Reynolds should be a full-time player in this offense uh, with, with Robert Woods and then Van Jefferson behind him. So at 3,200 uh, as a full-time role in a game, it's a must-win. Uh, I mean, it's kind of hard to get away from, even though it is John Walford. I mean, it kind of limits his ceiling, but I think that, you know, a medium projection here is probably around you know, 10 or 11 points for Josh Reynolds. And at 3,200, you'll gladly take 10 or 11 points on this slate. I think another guy that is really interesting now with uh, with the news that DJ Chark and Colin Johnson are both out is LaVisca Chenault. So we know Chenault uh, was a good prospect coming out of Colorado. And he's second-round pick. Um, we know that he's an, a really good athlete. I think he had a, a problem. Uh, I think he was injured during his 40 times. So his 40 times not as good as what it probably truly is um, at the combine. But, you know, he's been pretty consistent. He's had at least five receptions in each of his last three. He's had a 20, 20 plus percent target share in each of his last three as well. Um, you know, taking on Indy that allows nine yards per target. Uh, league average yards per target sits around um, 8.4. So, yeah, that's it's pretty bad that this indie defense, I mean, it's kind of odd. I mean, like they're, they're seventh DBA against the pass and they allow a 65% catch rate, but they do allow, allow nine yards per target. So basically what I get out of that is they don't allow a lot of targets to the wide receiver position, but when they do, uh, it's usually pretty efficient. So, you know, Chenault's averaged 6.2 targets per game over his last five. And, you know, they're, they're definitely forced to throw uh, being 14 point dogs here against Indianapolis at 4,200, uh, you can certainly do a lot worse with uh, with DJ Chark and Colin Johnson both out. Uh, that really opens up a lot of targets, specifically with Chark being out. So, Chenault, I'm willing to to take the dip on, a, I think, on a player who's really talented uh, down at 4,200. So, two more guys I want to bring up here at wide receiver is Curtis Samuel. So, Curtis Samuel is a guy at 5,300 who's kind of like a Swiss army knife, right? I mean, he's averaged seven targets per game over his last five. He's been a wide receiver three or better in eight of his past nine or no, sorry, eight of his last 10 games. Another uh, rich rebar stat. Yeah. And he's averaged 17 DraftKings points per game over his last five. So at 5,300, if he just gets his average over the last five games, I mean, yeah, he's getting there. But I think the biggest thing with, Curtis Samuel is that he's getting rushing attempts. I mean, he had seven rushing attempts last week and Mike Davis and Christian McCaffrey are both out. So, uh, you know, his dot is nine, so it's not great, but you know, he's not really getting too many downfield shots, but God, I mean, this guy's a legit red zone threat. I mean, he, if he's going to start getting these carries inside the 10 and, you know, these guys, Rodney Smith, and Trenton Cannon are, are certainly not any threats. I mean, it's possible that Curtis Samuel could get, you know, five to eight carries in this game added on to his seven targets. And you know, that kind of usage at 5,300 is something we're really looking for. Um, you know, because these targets are not the kind of targets that running backs are getting, you know, it's not like these little one yard dump offs that Austin Eckler's getting. These are targets, nine, 10 yards downfield that are get, like legit wide receiver targets. And then you add on another eight carries, you know, that, that kind of projection is difficult. Uh, projecting his carries are definitely going to be difficult with Mike Davis and Christian McCaffrey out, but uh, he is interesting at least at 5,300 if you're in that range. 
Uh, and then one more guy I want to talk about is Jerry Judy. So Jerry Judy had 15 targets last week, and he only caught six of them. You know, I mean, he's really just kind of getting all these uncatchable targets. I mean, his eight out is 15. So he's just getting a lot of these deep shots. Uh, and that's, you know, it, it's, it's fine. His weighted opportunity rating over the last five weeks is 0.48, which is, you know, nice. And he's taking on this Raiders defense that allows 8.8 yards per target. Uh, like I mentioned, it, league average is 8.4. Um, and they're, the Raiders are 22nd DVOA against the pass, and they allow a 66% catch rate. So, you know, I, the matchup is nice. He's a really talented player. We know, you know, he was first round pick in this, this year's draft. Um, you know, the Broncos have a 24 implied total. Drew Locke sucks. We know that. But, uh, you know, 4,200 at the same price as LaVisca. I think I prefer LaVisca with DJ Chark and Colin Johnson out. Um, but Jerry Judy is at least in play for the targets that he's getting and the talent of the player. I know Drew Locke really stinks, but hey, so does Mike Glennon uh, for LaVisca. So, yeah, the wide receiver position is kind of pay up for Adams and then find value. You know, Darius Slayton is a possible value as well. You know, taking on Dallas, you know, he's basically just getting deep shots and that's really it. His eight out is 17 over the last five weeks. So um, you you can certainly do worse. I mean, he's averaging 5.6 targets per game over the last five as well. So, yeah, I mean, you can do worse than Darius Slayton at 4,100 against Dallas. But, um, yeah, I I definitely lean LaVisca. And if I can get up to Curtis Samuel, I definitely prefer that as well. So at tight end, there's no Travis Kelsey on this slate. We know that. Um, you know, so Evan Ingram is definitely an option. Uh, Irv Smith, I like. And then Cole Komet. So let's let's start with Evan Ingram. So Evan Ingram taking on Dallas. Now he did get injured at the end of last game, and I haven't seen the injury reports. Um, but assuming that he goes in this game, he's 3,700 taking on Dallas and he's averaged 7.6 targets per game, a 0.56 weighted opportunity rating. And he's averaged 59 yards per game over his last five. If he gets 59 yards in this spot at 3,700, I'm pretty happy with that. Dallas has a 74% catch rate and they're 20th to be away against the pass. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's certainly not a matchup to run away from. He's pretty cheap at 3,700. You probably project him for, probably six to eight targets in this spot. Um, yeah, I like Evan Ingram. I think my favorite tight end on the slate, though, is probably Irv Smith. So Irv Smith's been a top five scorer in three of his last five weeks. Um, and Detroit, I mean, God, we just we just saw them get absolutely smoked by uh, by Tampa Bay on, on Saturday. And, I mean, good night. They're at 32nd DVOA against the pass. They allow a 66% catch rate to opposing tight ends. And and Irv Smith, I mean, he's averaged 5.7 targets per game over his last five. And uh, Kyle Rudolph, again, is out. Irv Smith's basically running a route on, you know, 80% of dropbacks. So uh, he is their, their main tight end. I know that he splits with Tyler Conklin a little bit when they run the two tight end action uh, from 12 personnel. But, uh, yeah, 3,900 Irv Smith. You know, he's averaged 13 DraftKings points per game over his last five. Uh, that's really solid. If he gets you that at 3,900, you're, you know, pretty happy with that. He needs about 12. 
to really kind of get there. So, um, you know, tight end is just an absolute dumpster fire. We know that uh, if there was a punt tight end, I would, I would give them to you right now. There are no good punt tight ends. I mean, you can go down to Cole Komet. <laughs> Certainly you can go down to Cole Komet um, at his bottom barrel price of 3K. He's basically playing 95% of the snaps, um, but he's still kind of splitting a little bit with Jimmy Graham and Jimmy Graham gets all of the end zone stuff. Whenever they get down in close, it's, it's usually Jimmy Graham. Cole Komet did, um, he was open in the end zone this last week and Trubisky just totally missed him. So it would have been a walk-in touchdown, but um, you know, in this spot where the the bears are definitely going to have to be throwing against the Packers. Uh, I think that you can definitely do worse than Cole Komet at three K um, if you really need to put it off, but I really prefer Irv Smith and I definitely prefer stacking him with Kirk cousins. It's just taking on this putrid Detroit defense. And you know, yeah, sure. If you want to pay up for Darren Waller, Darren Waller, yeah, he's a wide receiver basically, but he's seventy one hundred. Um, yeah, George Kittle, they, they they've been eliminated. He played fifty percent of snaps last week. I'm not sure what his workload is going to be moving forward, but I mean, if we knew he's going to play his full role at six K, yeah, George Kittle is a, a really good play, absolutely. But. We just don't know that. And then Mark Andrews at 5,800 taking on Cincinnati. Um, yeah, he's kind of been coming on as well. He's averaged 16 DraftKings points per game over his last five. 7.3 targets per game. That's 0.78 weighted opportunity rating, really solid. 73 yards per game and 0.9 end zone targets. So really um, solid for Mark Andrews. If you can get up to him at 5,800, uh, he's definitely a solid play. So – those are kind of my favorite plays on the slate. I think that if I were to pick, I think the running back position is pretty straightforward. I think it's Henry Latavius and Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I really think you don't get away from those three um, in cash games at quarterback. It's get up to Rogers or Lamar or come on down to Kirk in the mid range. And then if you need to kind of punt, you have Baker down there just below. And then if, I mean, if you're really in a tight situation, if Devontae Parker and Jakeem Grant do play, Tua is probably in play. If Parker and Grant are out, I'm not touching anywhere near Tua. Um, at wide receiver, you know, get up to Devontae, get him in there. He's just so consistent. And then probably have to play two of these cheapies with LaVisca, Josh Reynolds, Jerry Judy, probably have to play two of those guys. Um, and then at tight end, Irv Smith is definitely my favorite by far. He's an ascending talent, second-year player out of Alabama. Um, I really like Irv Smith. Evan Ingram if he's healthy, and then Cole Komet if you need to punt it off. So with that, um, that is going to do it for the Week 17 version of the PrintFest DFS um, podcast. If you have any questions, leave them in the comments. And... I will get to them. If not, good luck, everybody.